0: Mets fans just can't have nice things. The boys are hot, winning the first three against the Cubs at City in six of the last seven games, but Jacob deGrom exited Wednesday's game with yet another
1: injury. We'll get into the GOAT's shoulder soreness and what the Mets should do. Playing winning baseball, City Field's atmosphere, and take a trip to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy.
0: Our guest this week is the post Steve Serby, who talks about his one-on-one conversation with Superman Kevin Pilar.
1: Plus, we hear from you, the listeners, in You Got Mail. So throw on your headphones, have a cold beverage, and join us on Amazing But True from the New York Post.
2: Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks. It's out of here. We got you. Ooh.
0: Welcome to Amazing But True, our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Jake Brown here, former Met Nelson Figueroa there. You can get us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at FiggyNY. Please give us a five star rating right now on Apple Podcasts. Write in a nice review if you got one of those Amazing But True shirts. Tweet it, Instagram it, Facebook it. Tell your friends, tell your family. I uh, got a new a lot of new listeners this week from being out of the ballpark both of us there we'll get into that a little bit later on we'll have the uh, voicemail amazing but true voicemail later on with your calls with your emails amazing but true pot at gmail.com 845-391-3660 save that number into your contacts and uh, we appreciate your support all seasons we drop new episodes Mondays and Thursdays Steve Serby is going to join us from the New York Post later on as well as the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy we got a buy two get one free special for father Day coming up this weekend. Shout out to all the dads. Happy Father's Day. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your Sunday if you're going down to DC to watch the Mets. But, Figgy, Why can't we have nice things is what Mets fans would like to say. First off, let's start with the good. The Mets are 35 and 25. They're in first place. They're five games up. They have the best home record in baseball at 20 and six. They are running it at Citi Field. Just running SH, you know what, at Citi Field. If they're home, they're winning. It's been electric. They're going for a four-game sweep against the Cubs before they go to D.C. and then return home to full capacity on Monday for a doubleheader. We'll get into that. Everything's good. Everything's grand. Wednesday night, the building figgy is rocking. The lines are insane for everything. It's packed probably 30,000. It was slammed. Everyone's there to see DeGrom. He strikes out seven guys in a row, eight batters in total through three innings. I mean, this place is electric. No one's leaving their seat. You have to watch DeGrom. It's a show. But then what happened was, I compare it to this. I mean, when the the life got sucked out of the building, when Sean Reeve Foley came into the fourth, everyone's refreshing Twitter. What happened to DeGrom? What happened to DeGrom? For me, it was like when KFC didn't have chicken. I'm ready to get a big bucket of chicken and say, hey, sorry, we're out of chicken. Or you compare it to when, A girl drops the line on you where they're like, yeah, my boyfriend got this. Or like, yeah, I have a boyfriend. And that came out of nowhere. You're like, oh, hello, darkness. My old friend comes into your mind, starts playing. That's what happened when Jacob deGrom's out of the game and you're saying, He looked like he was on pace to throw a perfect game, like just striking out everyone. He was going to strike out 20, and then he comes out. So now we bring in you, Nelson. You were a pitcher. I want to get your side of this because this is now he had flexor 10-9 as an elbow last Friday. He had three starts missed earlier this season with lat irritation and side discomfort, and now he leaves after three, 51 pitches, eight strikeouts, no hits, with shoulder soreness what do you do here and give us your side being a pitcher does a trip on the IL fix this for a couple of weeks or if he says he's good you throw him out again because in my opinion he's got at least sit out I know I talked a lot there I'll let you uh, take the floor here but uh, (laughs) I I would let him go to the IL and sit out here a few weeks.
1: Yeah, I think you want to err on the side of being cautious as possible, right? You don't want this guy to be hanging on by a thin thread, and the competitor that he is as the team is trying to make the playoffs and make the playoff push, and he's just running on fumes, that's not what you want. You don't want this guy gritting his teeth and doing DeGrom-type things down the stretch because of the wear and tear that you're putting on him in July. Mets are in a good position where they're still in first place, they're getting back reinforcements on the offensive side. So, you hope the offense is going to get an uptick here in the next week. The unfortunate part is that because of all the makeup games, they're going to have three double headers here in a week. And so, you need the pitching. You don't have tremendous depth because everybody that came up as depth went on the IL as well. Everybody that you had, the Tommy Hunters. Remember Tommy Hunter? Remember him? He's been on, you know, the IL since. He's
0: on the 60-day IL now. I think he might be done for the year.
1: Since he got a hit. He got his first major league hit, IL. Jacob DeGrom has been the, I have to say, second best only because Otani hits absolute bombs. But Jacob DeGrom is the second best two-way player. His hitting has been phenomenal. Two strikes last night, and then he gets a base hit to drive it in a run, of course, because that's all he does is drive in his own runs.
0: Six RBIs, more RBIs than runs, 11 for 26, and he's hitting 423.
1: It's been remarkable to see what he, he does, but he has been dealing with all kinds of issues up and down his right side of his body. And he's frustrated with it because he just wants to be out there competing. You're right. Last night was probably on pace to... At, At least 15, 16, break his own record. Strikes out eight of the first nine batters that he faced. Faces last night, 51 pitches though. So 51 pitches in three innings. Do the math. He's hanging around for six innings because he'll be out of the game with over 100 pitches. At the same time, he pulled himself from the game before being evaluated. Before and the video
0: else. showed that it was during the first batter of the third inning, and then he stayed in and still was striking guys out while he was
1: hurting. Yeah, yeah. You, when you notice there's a little dip in his velocity, by a little dip, he's not throwing 102, he's only throwing 100. His slider isn't 93, it's, you know, 90 or 89. It's more when he's erratic around the strike zone, but he wasn't that last night. He wasn't erratic around the strike zone. He was very efficient. 51 pitches, 36 strikes, doing DeGrom-like things. For him to pull himself in that situation, he's trying to be as cautious as possible, but it's a frustrating situation for everyone involved, even for the training staff, because you're like, how bad could you be hurting? You're throwing 100 miles an hour. Um, You're striking out everybody. Initial tests, he says he feels very positive about the initial tests and what they got back, and it's usually strength tests. What they do is you put your arms out to the side, you hold your thumbs up, and they try to push both arms down. And if you hold back, that's pretty good. That means the shoulder has some strength. They put it in different positions. They want to see if there's any give anywhere that you're irritated, anywhere that there's discomfort. So he passed those initial tests. I remember I had one time I turned my thumb down and tried to hold up as the guy pushed me with one finger and my arm dropped straight down. They're like, um, that's not good. (laughs) So it wasn't that kind of a situation. So are these
0: extensive? I mean, that doesn't seem too extensive. I guess that's a a very initial test.
1: Yeah, they're just, uh, these are the rudimentary, For a trainer or training staff, you know, we talked to Ray Ramirez last week. There's protocols that you go through, and these are the initial ones because you don't want to do any more damage to it. Because if it is torn a little bit, and you're sitting there yanking on it, oh, let's see how much we can yank on and see what happens. That's not where we were last night with that. So I'm glad he passed all the stress tests, and we know that he's going to be okay. I still err on the side of caution and put him on the on the ten day and uh, see if he can take 10 days of of rest and healing and doing all the right things to get himself stronger and be ready to go when that IL stint ends.
0: All right, Figgy. Well, there's a lot of good in Metsland. We talked about DeGrom. We'll see what happens. It's always been next man up with this team. I know Michael Conforto started a rehab. Jeff McNeil could be back this weekend. There are good things. And, you know, Sean Reed Foley came in and did a solid job, gave up the one run, but they may need him for one of these doubleheaders. Every time I see him pitch, it looks like he's twerking. We're talking about twerk, twerk, twerk last week. It, he <laughs> looks like he is taking a dump on the mound. When he when he's, he is not crouching down, he is popping a squat. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just got to let it out. But I, I don't know how he doesn't poop his pants. It's the way he pitches it. But guess what? The Mets are running the, the game at home first place. 6-3 win. Dom Smith's bat is hot. You know, Seth Lugo, interesting decision. Now we were there Tuesday, and, and, you know, he left him in a hit but didn't leave David Peterson in a hit in a four nothing game monday uh the whole third time through the order he was laboring in the sixth inning he was at 73 pitches you know you had people calling me an idiot on twitter how could you leave him in he was laboring in the he gave up one hit the entire game use common sense you fools i get it but let him start the seventh. Oh, he needs the confidence to get through sixth inning. That guy has what confidence. Was that Goofy? He was, was my, goofy? E, it was my Elora, goofy. Elora Goofy. I, hey like, guys, oh, my God. It's like I'm talking to Goofy. It
1: right might now. be my
0: best impression. Of course, the goofiest guy ever, Barney, uh, yeah. Brian says. Yeah. Hi, hey guys. Welcome to Barney. Uh, it wouldn't make sense that me in a fat purple suit. I mean, wouldn't purple, purple. Me as a Teletubby or me as Barney. I mean, that was my, my first job as a kid, was uh, in a Barney costume. But it was very interesting to see that Tuesday and see Lugo go two because Diaz is pitched back-to-back. They end up using him for four pitches and one out on Wednesday. It was a little bit of an odd decision, but listen, the Mets won and Jake Maristic made his best play as a Met in a Cubs uniform thanks to Willie Harris who rounded let him round third. And thanks to James McCann being the catcher, because if Wilson Ramos was still the catcher, we'd be recording the show today, and he'd still be turning around trying to tag. Him. <laughs> so uh, two days later, into the SpongeBob uh, meme, there he would still be turning. And McCann made the tag. That was exciting, a fun. Night, I mean, a cavalcade of stars coming into the sweet life of Jake and Figgy on Tuesday. Alex Cohen shows up. You know, you try to get her on. Not a fan of uh, interviews, and you know she's she's quiet. You know, I don't blame her. After clowns came in her Twitter mentions after that whole robin hood GameStop stuff to the point where she i think deleted her twitter steve cohen did but he came back but what a gracious nice lady she said you know what did she say she said you know everyone should know that we're nice people i was like you are nice nice people i'm like <laughs> no we never doubted it and she was a super nice boricua as you were saying uh, yeah first what uh, puerto rican owner in sports first
1: latina first latino owner in, in mlb history so it was uh, amazing that you know she shows up into the suite and with jason I,
0: collins by the way Way. very Jason
1: Collins who she invited to the game and as we're standing there talking and uh, she was like you know I know you want to have me on the podcast and I said absolutely you know I said we want to welcome you I um, want to thank you guys for literally the energy that they have brought as owners you know their interaction with the fans is different the interaction that they're having just with people in the suite but still I don't remember people getting access to the Willpons the same way where you know she walks around she has her security but She comes into the suite and is gracious, and it was, you know, it was like talking to an aunt of mine, you know. It was, it was, it was a nice experience. And um, I
0: turn around, you're like, I want to introduce someone, and there she, I'm like, Alex Cohen. She's like, Yeah. What'd you say to me? You're like, Do you know who this is? I'm like, Yes, you clown. I know who this is. And she had the jean jacket that says Cohen on the back, so you can. Me and her relatable. She's got her name, I got my face, and she did like the shirt. I very much regret that I didn't. I mean, she probably wouldn't have taken it, but I very much regret not giving her one of the amazing but true shirts. Would have been
1: cool. Yeah know yeah, it was definitely it was a cool experience and um i love the fact that she likes being at the ballpark you know grandpa her father is at the ballpark all the time he sits right down by the uh, dugout he roots on all the players as they come up you know he usually gets maybe a little high five a nod a wink or something from each player as they get in the on-deck circle so this is a family that wants to be involved they want to see the mets succeed they want to see the team do well and at the same time we know they have the resources to help this team out when they need it
0: monday with full capacity, which I think they're opening the floodgates uh, pretty quickly here, which at this point, I'm, fine, I'm vaccinated. I'm fine with it, but it's, you know, there's no more vax and unvax sections, Figgy. It's everyone on top of each other, and back to reality. Back to live, back to reality. Boom! Got a song. I think it's a sense of normalcy, and you're right. I mean, you you pitch, you feed off all these people here, and it's so much different than last year, and piped, in noise, and no energy, and you're seeing these backups come in there, and get the job done. You're going in thinking you're going to win every night. And this Mets team, you are you were hoping for wins with these replacement players. Now you go and hoping to win to the point where you're about to sweep a first-place Cubs team. You're beating not just regular old teams, you're beating first-place teams,
1: and it's fun to watch. You know, they're doing it to the Cubs now. They did it to San Diego in a short amount uh, short amount of time. They won the se- season series against them, they had a chance to sweep them here at home. And, and so that's what you're, you're really surprised about, is even against that pitching staff, they matched up so well. Even not being at full force, they matched up this well. At home, you know, they they're having a historic season, these starters are. Jacob deGrom, of course, helped that for three innings. But you're looking at a different vibe all the way around with this Mets team, and it's palpable. And I'm loving the fact that everyone is on board, and every player, every time they're given a chance or given an opportunity, and you look at Guillaume, comes back and instantly makes a great play and you know makes his presence felt. Because now you, you take a sigh, you're like, oh, my God, he's back. Now we know what we have out there. We know we have his glove, at least his bat is a plus so there's a lot of reasons to still be excited and i'm not worried about when the the regulars come back insert them in and let them get the get rolling again and lindor has played better mccann has played better you know the batting averages are starting to creep up a little bit dom smith has gotten hot at the right time
0: and that's the thing these guys aren't tearing the cover off the ball either yet they're still winning. like is, yeah he's been better but he's still not lindor and mccann's better but he's still not mccann and you know dom smith's getting better but he's still not normal dom smith and saving pete Alonzo, where none of these guys are tearing the cover off the ball, yet every night they find a way to win. And that's why I'm going every night. I know JMY, Jimmy, is not happy about it. You know, we're talking about elitist moves in a suite. Uh, Elitist, 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 elitist. But guess what? It's must-watch baseball, and that's why I'm there, because they are so fun to watch. They're fun to root for, and they play together. They work hard. I mean, this is New York. This is blue collar. We love this kind of stuff, and that's why you got to be at the ballpark at this point. I think a lot of people now that there's no vaccination or COVID test requirement you're gonna see that we were playing pop smoke and drinking fine wine watching Kevin Durant put up a near 50 piece nugget on Tuesday right after a Mets win so good times at Cityville coming up for the Mets is a Thursday game to close up the series against the Cubs with the Stroh show Friday Nats in D.C., Saturday doubleheader to Nationals, and then Sunday Nationals before the Mets return home for doubleheader Monday against the Braves, where it will be full capacity. They've unleashed 42,000. I don't think there'll be that many on Monday, but at some point next week, you might see monster crowds back in order as we hit summer. As summer begins, City Field Fools. It's going to be a Netflix special. See, Phil Fools? Phil's Fools, Fools. I'm full on, I'm still full on the Shake Shack and pizza. (laughs) God, I ate so much. That, yes, Wednesday. Good Lord. So enjoy your time at City Field, folks. And uh, let's see the Mets keep it rolling. 10 games over 500 right now. We got a busy show coming up. Later in the show, we will have your voicemails, your messages. We'll play those. We will have Steve Serby join us in a little bit from the New York Post to talk about his one on one conversation with Kevin Pilar. But coming up next on Amazing But True, it's time. School is closing here in New York, but we're still in school. We're going to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy right here on Amazing But True.
1: Bienvenidos, mis amigos. Welcome back to the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy, where Jake is trying to become more cultured and be able to have more friends. So when we go to Mets games, he doesn't just have to sit with the same person or persons every time and try and make fun of them. He can actually communicate with others.
0: I would say go the same. Per- I, I feel like the, the whole the whole shtick with me is that the people are like, who, who is he going with today? So I don't know.
1: If same person.
0: But yes, I could use a little more Spanish culture. Continue.
1: Exactly. You have a type. so (laughs) That's not very nice. I ain't got no type. So in honor of that, uh, Father's Day is coming up. This one's a bonus one. We're going to make this one quick and easy, quick and painless. Dia de Padres.
0: So they could buy two, get one free today. All right. Dia de Padres.
1: Yeah, like the San Diego Padres. Dia de Padre. Oh, good God. Dia de Padres. Dia de Padres good text that, that to my
0: dad see if he understands he dated a girl named yasmin so uh he knows spanish oh you remember that, that? that? that yeah.
1: Threw, yeah that threw me for a loop right there yeah uh, if God it was. wasn't
0: Noel brown it was going to be like yasmin rodriguez and then i would have uh, been able yes. to roll my r's potentially all right so dia de padres happy father's day to my dad um shout out to you dad thank you for getting me into baseball um thank you for bringing me to all those mets games you did as a kid Um, Thank you for bringing me all the sports card and memorabilia shows that I used to go to getting me into sports, and now I've turned into my career, and I wouldn't be here without you. So, love you, Dad. Uh, Dia de Padres to you, Father. (laughs) Happy Father's Day.
1: We're going with, because of this week, what are they, got? 10 games in seven days? They have a
0: doubleheader Saturday. They have a doubleheader on Monday in front of a uh, full capacity at City Field, and then another doubleheader on Friday. That's three doubleheaders in one week. I don't know if that's ever happened
1: ever yeah that's a that's a ton that's a ton of games remember when we were complaining they weren't playing any regular regular uh, schedule now they're gonna be in overdrive and it's gonna be tough to find some pitching especially if the has to miss any time but double header real simple jake doble juego
0: if that's simple then i'm miles davis
1: um say it again doble juego
0: doble j- juego.
1: no 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 totally different phrase. doble huevo no 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 doble juego Du- juego. Double juego. Better. Ooh, I double like juego. that word. I'll say it all together. Another bad bunny special. Double? Oh, no, double. Oh, double. Double A. Double <laughs> A-, <laughs> A. Batteries. Why'd you, turn it to, why'd you
0: just turn into an old Jewish Jake, lady? double A. Juegos.
1: You sounded like, what was it? Uh, Jerry Lewis? Hey, lady. Jake,
0: you're double A. Juegos already. Come downstairs. <laughs> Double, duble, why do I like duble? Where am I getting duble from? I don't know. Uh, Double juego. Doble. Doble. Doble juego. Doble juego. Yep. Doble juego. juego. Doble juego. Doble juego. All right. That is
1: double header. I like that. Yeah. Last but not least. I can't believe we've gone this long without even thinking of this as the phrase. Asombroso, pero verdad.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Asombroso. What does this mean first? Amazing, but true. Oh wow!
0: Okay, we're gonna pero make some new shirts with with our faces on it.
1: Uh asente, <laughs>
0: We're bilingual here on Amazing yeah, yeah.
1: Uh All right, say it again slowly. Asombroso, pero verdad.
0: Asombroso, sabadaba. What was this? <laughs> that second word? Might be the toughest word in the history of That's Spanish. Pero,
1: p e r o, pero. pero. Uh, what's the first word? Asombroso. Asombroso. That's amazing. A- Asombroso. Pero, which is but. Pero. 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 I like big peros and I cannot no, lie. No, no, not that kind. Asombroso, pero verdad. Asombroso, pero verdad.
0: That sounded as hard. You, when you said you, it slow, sound, it was better. You
1: sounded like a, a Russian mafia guy making a hit out on someone. I will kill you. <laughs> Asombroso, pero verdad. Asombroso,
0: pero verdad. Verdad. V-E-R, dad. Yes. Happy dad, dad. day. Happy
1: dad day. <laughs> <laughs> Asombroso pero verdad. Asombroso pero verdad. There you go. So shout out to my dad as well and to all the dads out there. I want to thank my dad, of course. Sacrifices that he made over the years just to give me the opportunity to play baseball as a young kid and the support. Uh this guy used to take eight-hour car drives with my uncle just to see me pitch in a minor league game, knowing that I had gotten homesick throughout my career and wish I had could be around family and friends and missed a lot of occasions. Dad never failed to uh, surprise me, Uh, you know, be in the middle of Ohio somewhere and he called me up and go, can I get a couple tickets to tonight's game? I crack up and he would be there with my uncle. They would watch the game and then get back in the car eight hours later and he'd go to work. He never stopped living the dream with me. Um, That was one of the most exciting things was Father's Day. He came out to visit me my first year in the big leagues with the Diamondbacks and I got my first big league hit off of Paul Abbott, not Jim Abbott, but Paul Abbott against the Mariners. Base hit up the middle. I was actually using a buddy of mine's bat from Triple A because I didn't have any bats. I have a in a shadow box at my house in Brooklyn. My dad has a Desi Wilson bat with the ball that was my first hit, my first major league hit. I gave it to him, and it happened to be on Father's Day weekend.
0: And I will say, you know, your dad was great. You know, when when I met him, he uh, he was so proud that you pitched, and you know, you saw the uh, the the statue or the uh, brick outside of City Field.
1: Yeah, it said on four eleven oh eight. My son pitched for the Mets, and I died and went to heaven. It was funny because people actually really thought he died, and I used to get condolences and sorry to hear about your dad. And what are you talking about? He's alive. He's he's right there. (laughs) It's like that video of
0: the of the guy in the casket that pops up and starts dancing in the back of the truck. <laughs> no, that, you need to reenact that with your dad, with Papa, with Papa Figs. What's your dad's yeah, name?
1: Nelson. Oh, it is Nelson. I'm, I'm Junior. Yeah, He's I'm Junior. Senior. So I, I've been Junior to my friends and family for years. So my dad raised me as a Mets fan from the very beginning. Uh, and what he loved about the Mets was they were blue collared, they were gritty, they were hustled. They they played the game the right way. It wasn't always about the big contract, but you loved your team because of the effort that they put out there on the field. So I think this year's team. Is a testament to that so I remember when he met um Lima Mazilli's grandmother
0: lee Mazilli was a famous story from my mom yeah
1: yeah so so lee Zilli was a speed skater and he is working in the in her apartment my dad was an, is an electrician and uh he sees all the trophies and everything and then all of a sudden he looks and he sees you know in a met uniform he's like who's that she's like my grandson Limazilli and I had already had signed and i was playing with the mets in the minor leagues at the time and my dad was like my son's playing for the mets and she's like oh yeah and he also went to lincoln so it was small world because it's not often that something like that happens but we got to get lee on the show by the way yeah
0: i don't know it's how that on. hasn't happened yet i mean and then have mama brown come on he probably won't remember
1: considering i guess he wasn't the brightest guy <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go out on a limb don't get me wrong your mother's fantastic I listen love her to ha- death. Howie
0: remembered her maybe lee will lee maybe
1: yeah how and howie lee is a little different yeah, but lee. i'm gonna go with i'm gonna go with lee if he does that would be a fantastic story so yeah, yeah. we'll have to find out but i'm gonna reach i'll reach out to lee and we'll get maz on the show
0: i'll have a, like a conference call my mom will secretly be on. honest She'll be like
1: lee it's yeah. Noel Monahan.
0: do you remember me he's like who the hell are you lady <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't spell your name back in high school are you doing better now <laughs> <laughs> you're doing better now
1: <laughs> Oh, oh my God! God well, hey, sh- by sh- the way, this was the Spanish Academy, and it turned yeah. into a Father's Day. Shout out to book. the
0: shout out to Nelson Figueroa Senior. Shout out to Robert, A.K.A. Bob Brown, A.K.A. Papa Brown. Shout out to the dads, the
1: daddies, the baby oh, wait, daddies, you got, the zaddies, you Bobby Brown all Brown and James Brown <laughs> in your family.
0: Yes, we ha- we have them all. Papa's Papa's got a brand new uh, bag. Papa, you must be like Buster it? Brown. Papa's a rolling stone. Buster Brown. Yes, we. <laughs> Sometimes I wish I was related to the real James Brown. And I'm like, damn it, I'm not. But my uncle's name is James Brown. Anyways, nice. this is the Spanish. Yeah, the Spanish Academy turned the Padre Academy right here on Amazing But True. Coming up next, we'll be joined by uh, New York Post longtime sports columnist, Steve Serby. <laughs> Joining us now in Season 2, he is finally making his debut on the show. It took long enough, but he is here. Live in the flesh from Queens, it's Steve Serby. He's been covering sports at the New York Post for how many years now, Serby? Before you were,
2: long before you were born, Jake.
0: <laughs> yeah, the 80s. I mean, who who is the guy in the Jets locker room that you had the the run-in with? Uh,
2: Richard Todd.
0: Richard Todd. Yeah, the famous run with Richard Todd. Steve Serby. Follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Serby. Read his stories in the post at NYPost.com. So great to have you on. You know, you've been on our Jets and Giants shows. You're making the rounds. Now you're on Mets. Yankees coming next. You are all over the place doing one-on-ones with all different guys, and you just did one that will come out in, what is it, Sunday's newspaper, Sunday's New York Post, with Superman himself, Kevin Pillar. Can you give us a little insight, Serby, on your on your conversation with Kevin Pillar?
2: Well, I've been doing these Q&As for 17 years, and I would say he is in the top five of all time. Wow. Just so insightful he's the Mets inspirational guy and he just has very cogent opinions about whatever you ask him there's guys that David Cohn is like that after when you deal with David Cohn when he was a player if you had a question about anything it didn't have to be sports it could be you know world affairs he would give you a terrific answer And that's the way Kevin Pillar is. He's one of my all-timers. Mets fans love him, and they should love him. To me, he personifies this team, this lovable team that nobody expected to be a first-place team and a World Series contender. The Mets are lucky, and Mets fans are lucky to be watching Kevin Pillar.
0: Well, we have the Nelson Figueroa Spanish Academy. Now we have the Steve Serby English Academy. What the heck does cogent mean? <laughs> I
2: don't know. I, I, the first time I've ever used it. Did, it, did it work?
0: It works. It works. Me and Figgy okay. looked at each other like, I don't know what that means, but I kind of like that he's using an SAT word on the podcast.
1: I swear, Jake just like all these millennials just went and googled it and tried to Google it to see how to use it in a phrase.
2: Yeah. So remember, Howard Cosell asked Muhammad Ali, or he said, he said to Ali, "You're you're acting very truculent." And Ali said, if truculent is good, th- that's me. That's me, yeah. <laughs> I
0: just looked it up. Of an argument or case, clear, logical, and convincing.
2: There's
1: a definition. Well, well done, Mr. Sherby. Thank Serby. you. So I was a cogent answer on
2: my part.
0: <laughs> what What was one thing that he kind of said that stood out to you, like, this guy is the real deal?
2: Well, that's an interesting question. I, I don't want to reveal too much of my, my Q&A, but...
0: Give us one A from the Q. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we, uh, I asked him who what his favorite podcast was, and he mentioned Jake Brown's podcast. Oh, of
0: course. I mean, so, why not?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, We revisited his uh, nightmare in the batter's box when uh, blood, which Woody Allen once said should be on the inside, ended up on the outside. He talked about um, what Kobe Bryant meant to him. His three-year-old daughter is named Kobe, K-O-B-I-E, named after, after him. And he just talked about Jacob deGrom and and how he bonded with the Grom, and they bonded over in spring training over weightboarding. They both have a love of weightboarding. And he talked about this team has what it takes to win a World Series.
1: You know, that that's interesting because of all the people, when you started the season, you would think, okay, I want to hear from this guy. He would not be in your top five just on this team. So to see how insightful he is, how inspirational he's been... And that's uh, relative to anyone who's watched him over the years. The highlights that he put forth, he was the kind of guy that you would say you wanted on your team because he'll run through a wall for you. You said he's in the top five. Who are some of the other ones that you have interviewed in the Q&A that are as memorable?
2: Well, John Wooden, actually, (laughs) I did a telephone interview with John Wooden while I was sitting in my car in the Bay Terrace Shopping Center.
0: (laughs) Classic. Ben's Deli.
2: (laughs) And he was great. I mean, he was still, you know, 90-something and still... Cogent is that the right word? That well, Jake Jake has taught you well.
0: The cogent tallies that too.
2: Yeah, um, and I've done I've done over fifty Hall of Fame players. Yogi was Yogi when I did q and A Q&A with Yogi. David Cohn, was always, like I said, was always tremendous. Tom Coughlin, Bill Parcells is always always great. There's a guy that knew how to handle the media. Was a fountain of, of stories.
0: I mean, that's a hell of a list. You just put him. You just put him with John Wooden, Tom Coughlin, Kevin Pilar. Like,
2: <laughs> well, Pilar's a hall of famer in my book. After that interview, and he just you know he loves playing on the New York New York stage. He's perfect for the New York stage. He is what Mets fans want every player to be, as far as in his words, emptying the tank every time I go out there and play in front of those fans, and he loves the New York fans because they tell it like it is, he will empty his tank. And that's really all Mets fans ask from a player. New York fans ask from from a player.
0: I mean, he couldn't breathe and he wanted to play the next day after he had, like, no nose and, and looked like he just got in a fight. So that's the kind of heart you love from a blue-collar city.
2: Well, one of his idols was Cal Ripken Jr. growing up, so that that fits. But he, got, he gets his toughness... And I asked him what his definition of toughness is. Uh, He gets it from his both parents. Uh, His mother has never missed a day of work in her life. She works with her husband. Her husband had all kinds of broken femur, all kinds of injuries in motocross. That's where he gets it from, him and his older brother. He's the epitome of toughness. Reminds me of uh, Nelson Figueroa in in so many ways. (laughs) Oh,
1: man. This is going right off the rails <laughs> your, your credibility your credibility just went down serby
2: <laughs> oh i'll tell you another another Q&A I really loved was was mike tyson no oh. i actually had dinner in manhattan it was arranged with mike tyson at a time i don't know if he's still a vegetarian but he was then so here i am sitting next to tyson i'm eating a steak and he's having a boiled potato and a salad <laughs> i felt like smacking him <laughs> People say I didn't, or
1: I yeah, either. yeah. Last the, the last interview Steve Serby gave was a good one, but we'll speak. Smacked,
0: well. Once smacked Mike Tyson. I'd add that right to my LinkedIn. The first <laughs> thing on top of my LinkedIn, smacked. Well, Mike I've done it.
2: two 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 Q and A's with the not in a few years, but he was very good too. Uh, I'd like to do another one at some point with him, but hopefully he'll be okay.
0: Yeah, what do you think about that? Like I was saying, an IL trip makes sense. I think it just whatever his problem is, he needs to rest. Do you think? They put him on the shelf for a little bit here. Now that they have like a a kind of a cozy lead in first place,
2: we've seen Degrom at the plate. He drives in runs at the plate with runners on. He has two arms, so why not? Why can't he pitch (laughs) left-handed? I mean, would you doubt? Would you count Degrom out pitching left-handed? No. Let him try with his left hand. No, I I would. uh, You know, these things keep occurring, and they, they keep Mets keep saying he's fine. Who knows if he's fine? I would shut him down. He's not going to want that, of course. They can't play games with with Jacob Degrom's right arm. I I would just let him rest. When he, when you're throwing a 100, 101, there's a lot of stress on that arm. Now, Figgy, what what was your how how hard did you throw?
1: Ninety three miles an hour, and that was downhill. The wind behind me, and uh might have been with a running start. Shh, don't tell them.
0: And using spider tack, of course.
1: We didn't have spider tack, bro. (laughs)
2: Well, how much much stress does that put on your arm?
1: It's a tremendous amount of stress. And it's not just that. It's accumulated, right? So it's from years of pitching. It's from years of, uh, you know, even just... Playing catch, throwing on the side, throwing your bullpens. So there's an accumulated number of pitches. It's not just what you see that day that he's pitching. The reason that he's so good is that he works at his craft and he works as hard at his craft on his bullpen and side days so that it becomes second nature so that it, he can't go halfway with it during the week. You know what I mean? So that's the real problem is... His his uh preparation throughout the week to get him ready for game day. He's still throwing the ball mid nineties. It's not like he can go out there and throw. Oh, just throw seventy. You know, go go seventy percent, which would be seventy miles an hour. It's not like that for Jacob Degrom.
2: Yeah, I would shut him down. Absolutely. If, if, if only for one start, just let him let him rest.
1: Say
0: Degrom comes back in a month. They get Syndergaard back in September. They get Carrasco back in July. They get you know Conforto at a rehab game last night. He's he's coming back. McNeil's probably back potentially this weekend. The reinforcements are here for the replacements. Mets. Is this a World Series champion? Is this a World Series contender?
2: There's no reason why this team can't win a World Series this year. Let's go! Um, oh. No reason. I mean, we've seen... Look what they've done with Francisco Lindor barely hitting Jake Brown's weight. I mean... <laughs>
0: I weigh more. Than, I'm, I'm two thirty-five. He's two twenty. I'm like two thirty-five. So he's he still hasn't hit my weight.
2: Really? You're that much? You look like you lost weight.
0: Uh, it's the angle. The home <laughs> yeah. improvement, uh,
1: Tim. It's his. It's his Instagram <laughs> angles that he takes his pictures at. Don't worry.
2: Too, too many good restaurants in Astoria. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but they've done all this, and now they they've developed with all these guys hurt. They've developed tremendous depth. You know, I asked Pilar, what one intangible does this Met team have or intangibles? And he, the first thing he said was camaraderie. That goes a long way in a 162-game in season in any sport, no matter how many games. And by the way, he loves Louis Rojas, absolutely loves him.
1: I said that to Jake early on. It, it, it's just the fact that it, as a manager, yes, there are baseball moves that you can second guess, left, right, and center, but to have 18 guys on the I.L., at any time and to keep this team afloat and keep this team positive and keep these guys. I mean, you got a guy like McKinney who came picked up off waivers and here you are batting him third in the lineup. That isn't a formula for success normally. And what he's done is gotten the most out of every single player who was available and could put on a uniform. So managing players, managing egos, managing 25 to 40 with this team, different personalities That's a very difficult task, and I think it was because he's had – relationships with these guys on the way up in the minor leagues. And also as uh, you know, he he worked as a coach with them as well before he became the manager. So they know who he is. They know what he's about. They understand him a little bit and maybe he isn't the best manager on paper and hasn't made all of the perfect moves, but nobody is and nobody will be, you know, Tony La Russa and and Tommy Lasorda and, and those type of managers where they weren't necessarily the best players on the planet, but they, got to learn as a manager and do things a little bit different, sort of making lefty righty matchups and making the game seven hours long. You Now you look back and you're like, oh my God, you could never do that anymore in baseball. So you watch what Rojas is doing. He's learning on the fly and he's managing the egos and he has this team all believing in each other, and that camaraderie has to start with him.
2: Yeah, and, and what they love about him is he is the same guy every day. And that's what you need in this market. You need an even-kill guy. Eli Manning, he was my first Q&A, by the way, 17 years ago, right after he was drafted. And Eli was always good, too, as was Michael Strahan. But Rojas is just what the doctor ordered. The Mets are lucky to have him. He's very perceptive. He's a very good judge of character, and I told him that on the field last Saturday. He's very sharp. And a shout-out to the Mets analytics team for their defensive runs saved via the shift, right? Right,
0: yeah. Me and Figgy were talking about that at the game the other day. We don't really love the shift. We don't love that there's no one on the third base side. Like when Dom hit the other way, we were like, wow, old-school baseball again. But it's working. The Mets defense has very overlooked this season how good that they've been. I mean, every night it seems like they turn a dazzling double play. They make a diving catch. And the, you're right. The amount of runs saved has been incredible. And look how good the starting rotation has been. I mean, even Joey Lucchese hasn't given up one or less runs his last five starts, and he's a guy who's getting pounded early in the year. So. And,
2: and, and Lugo re- rejoining the bullpen. And Edwin Diaz, Brody Van Wagenen's revenge. <laughs> he's, he's he's the guy that, that Van Wagenen envisioned now is living up to that elite closer role.
0: Serby, all it took was trumpets. It was uh, the trumpets that did it. The trumpets, the narco, the song, it did it. The trumpets have inspired him. The crowd talk about jeers to cheers. All it took was trumpets. That's it. Now he comes in and he gets a standing ovation. In 2019, he gets booed off the field.
2: Diaz never thought that there was an adjustment period to New York. Even when he when he was struggling, he he didn't think that was the problem.
0: We don't know what cogent means, but we know what camaraderie means, and we know that Steve Serby will have a one on one with Kevin Pilar. Coming out in Sunday's New York Post. You can check it out. It'll be, I'm sure, on the website as well, nypost.com. And follow him and is, is still – we got to, at some point, Serbi, get you to have a profile picture on Twitter. <laughs> he is still an egghead on Twitter. Excuse
2: me, that is my profile picture. <laughs> That is me. That was a recent photo of me.
0: I'm staring at it right now, and it always makes me laugh. It's just blank. Oh, man. Steve Serby. Follow him on Twitter and uh, NYPost underscore Serby. Serby, good to finally have you on Amazing But True.
2: Thanks, guys. You keep up the great work. You guys do a tremendous job. you got mail it's time for you got mail give us a
0: call at 845-391-3660 or if you don't like the sound of your voice amazing but true pod at gmail.com all right figure we got a voicemail and we got two emails to play today to read today because I guess people again didn't want to hear themselves so let's start with the emails first from uh, our loyal listener Austin hey guys love the show just wondering what you guys think about the starters coming back and playing over these replacements. Mets they have been getting it done day in and day out and if I was Rojas I really wouldn't fix what ain't broken except Nimmo and center field also, shout-out to the trumpets in 305. Can't wait to get back there in LFGM. He was sitting with me with the trumpets. Oh, you have saved boy. that video into your archives. Jeff yeah. Nelson has made fun of me for it. I still haven't deleted it. I'm going to have to at some point before the whole world gets a hold of uh, Puts that in and photoshops it with other objects uh, instead of trumpets. But, yeah, shout-out to the trumpets. Fiki, I think... You have to play the guys when they come back. These guys have been good; they've filled the role, but it's not like they're tearing the cover off the ball. Like Mason Williams, two fifty, you know McKinney, two forty. They're not just raking; they're getting the job done. But Brandon Nimmo and Jeff McNeil, and eventually JD Davis, are still better than these guys. I don't think it's going to ruin the chemistry if you bring back better hitters. It's only going to help your depth. And listen, it's going to put more pressure on those starters. Where if they suck, they know that they have a capable backup. And I think that's what the Mets came into this season, knowing that they wanted depth. And I I don't think the starters returning
1: is going to be a bad thing. Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind that you would even consider? No, we don't want to play Michael Conforto. McKinney's batting 250. Stop it. Stop the madness. This has been fun. This has been out of the ordinary. This has been special at times. But the reality is this team is where they're at because of the pitching. It hasn't been the hitting. It has not been one guy carrying the team and, you know, hitting 21, 22 home runs like in other teams. When these starters come back, insert them directly into where they're supposed to be. There's going to have to be decisions made. Some people will be shown the door. Thank you for your service. They'll be gone. That's just the reality of it. It's been a wild ride. It's been fun, but I don't care. I, I, I'm going to ride with the guys that were supposed to be in the starting lineup. If you're trying to tell me that you want Peraza over McNeil at second base, you need to uh, reevaluate yourself.
0: Stay off the weed, oh in, in the words God. of
1: Stephen. Hey. All right, the second
0: email, and I agree. You know, Seth from Jericho, New York here. Mm. Uh, had a long time girlfriend in Jericho in college. Shout out to Brooke, who is now uh, getting married.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the press, but true. <laughs>
0: depressed but true that's how we're feeling today after uh jacob DeGrom is depressed but true there's i don't think there's a single catholic person in jericho they just they used to call jewico is 90 of, of jericho is jewish but anyway seth seth orenstein who who might, might, <laughs> what, might be jewish he's jewish <laughs> he might just be jewish a uh, shout out to uh all the fellow jews out there question for nelson with a bunch Mm. of guys getting better and uh, same kind of question here, and soon to come off the injured list, my question is, how important is team chemistry as we see the current replacement seemingly have a good time in pulling for each other? During Nelson's career, did he have any teams with great chemistry that didn't show up in the win-loss column and vice versa? Thanks and really enjoy the podcast. Stars and review already written. Thank you, Seth, for your five-star rating and positive review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Figgy, what do you got for him?
1: Well, I mean, listen, I I was on the Los Mets in 2008 where, you know, Omar Minaya felt like it was a good idea to put as many Latin ballplayers together. And it was going to be something that was going to work very easily. And it it didn't. It didn't. And we had all-star caliber names in the lineup up and down. You had future Hall of Famers uh, in the rotation with Pedro and Santana. I mean, you had so many different elements where it was like, man, this team is going to be phenomenal. And it just didn't work. We had the collapse, of course, in, in 08. And then 09, everybody got hurt. And we talked about this with Ray Ramirez last time, where he said, you know, 18 is probably right around the most he's seen go down on a team at one time. The problem with that was we were losing. We were losing and not in first place with a significant lead with all these guys being hurt. So even though we had a very talented starting nine, the fall off to the backups was way too much. It was too steep so that when those starters got hurt, it wasn't even feasible. Uh, the lineup changed dramatically from the opening day lineup to the last um, in 2009, my last start with the Mets. That lineup compared to the opening day lineup in 2009 it was night and day. You know what I mean? So that to me is where, yeah, chemistry is one thing. And you're always looking for something because you're there for 162 games. You're with these guys more time than you are with your actual families. So, of course, you're trying to find the silver lining, keep plugging, pulling on the same end of the rope. You hear all those great cliches. The reality of it is it becomes a very long grind when you're not winning. And it's very difficult to find that, man, let's have some fun. It becomes work very quickly. And it also becomes not only work, but for guys who are on one-year contracts, it's an audition to try and get a contract for the next year. It can go awry very quickly. That's the one thing that I've been utterly impressed with with this Mets team is that after the hole got called out, for a fight and they didn't fight and guys started going down and then pilar gets hit in the face with bases loaded it was really pilar who came with this new energy and where you had a respect for man you know what he's right you know you want to be available you want to be accountable and i don't think anybody has said that in a met uniform in quite some time other than a manager you know a manager will say that but for a player to say that and an older player who was here as a fourth or fifth outfielder where he's saying i got hit in the face I want to play today. Misses 11 games, comes back and really just, I mean, you see the reception he gets everywhere he goes, the respect that he has gained. And he was one of the more respected players in the game, nicknamed Superman. They knew he would run through a wall for his team. We had no idea what kind of toughness this man had. And I think it rubbed off in a major way with the rest of the guys. You've got mail.
2: Hi, this is Janine from Queens. And I have a very important question. When the hell are we getting the black jerseys? Some of us want to show up at City Field with the drip, okay? And I just can't do that with the pinstripe jerseys. So, do <laughs> you guys have a timeline? Because what the heck?
0: Yeah, you know, J- shout out to Janine from Queens. Uh, she's always about the drip, I know well. And uh, I agree. I mean, listen, the black jerseys are coming at some point. Remember when he had said they're coming around the holidays? And we're like, which holiday? Is it like <laughs> Labor Day, Flag Day, Fourth of July? You know, it seems like it's going to be late in the season or they were going to sell them the holiday. I'm like, we can't wait till Christmas for these. So my gut thinks they're coming out this summer, although summer and black jersey seems like sweat city used to wear them.
1: Different technology.
0: I think we're going to see them in July on like a Friday night. Out of nowhere, they're going to pop up maybe. Or they'll probably announce it. But my gut says July, Figgy. What do you think?
1: I mean, I look at it. It's going to be a second half thing. I think after the All-Star break is when they might come out on the first Friday after the All-Star break and rock the black jersey for the first time. And listen, the players are excited about it. They want to wear it. You see Pete Alonso, you see Strowman, you see a lot of guys, man. They're, they're waiting for the opportunity to wear the black jerseys again. They were my favorite. I mean, I was there at the time and I had an opportunity to pick the jersey. So the starting pitcher got to pick the jersey for the for the night. And so you try to make something that are, listen, this is going to be my look every time I pitch. So I wanted to wear the black jersey. If I had a choice, I picked the black jersey because it was different. It was unique. I thought it was memorable. You know, some people hate them some people can't stand them listen it, it had enough tradition in it with the the blue and orange outlining things but the black jersey was just a, a definitely a different look and it wasn't that futuristic what was the mercury mets
0: oh yeah those are those are awful <laughs> holy god it's like a little league uniform
1: yeah no it was worse than the, so the little league ones were kind of cool just because i mean it was you know it's a little throwback to when you played the little league where just the colors kind of were like the big league team, you know, and you could say, well, yeah, you know, you play for the bets now because it's the same colors. Those futuristic uniforms were absolutely. I don't know who thought of those, but it was like as soon as they put them out, they put them away. They're like, all right, this is really dumb.
0: Listen, we should have asked Alex Cohen. She might have had the inside uh, inside news. Why didn't we ask her about the black jerseys? Uh, she was she was shy, but. uh you know, I think uh, she, you know, Steve Cohen would have the ultimate insight on that. I
1: would think you, you would think that the Cohen household, because they're going to have theirs ready to go. So when you see them uh, getting ready to wear them, I, I don't know. I, I still think it's going to be after the All Star break. First Friday after the All-Star break. Finish out the first half with what they've been doing and what they've been wearing, and then surprise everybody with that, and I think it's going to be a a warm reception for it. Then we'll see. If they win, you wear it the next Friday. (laughs) You know, I think it'll be one of those superstitious things where let's see how many wins we get in that jersey and and stay there.
0: I want to see them in October in the black jerseys. It would be electric to open up in those. Like, I don't know. There's something about it. There's an allure to it. And I know Janine's going to be on Instagram posting the black jersey, you know, the butt out a little bit. Um, the drip. You know, the, so
1: for so so for our older listeners, the drip is style.
0: Yeah, style. <laughs> the Nelson Figueroa uh, Hip Hop Academy. <laughs> just,
1: just, can't just drop drip on people and expect everybody to know what they're talking about. Seth from Jericho is not saying. Oh. I can't wait to... Seth, Seth just
0: Googled Drip. drip while, <laughs> right after she said it, he's like, what's Drip? She came through dripping, as the uh, rappers would say. And yeah, she will be posting a, a Birkin bag and a, and a Mets black jersey. Uh, on instagram very soon thanks to jenny and, and it
1: sounds it sounds like she might have a white pair of sneakers too
0: oh uh, yeah i mean if, she, if she's been to a game with me it's it, it's a requirement it's i'm gonna start posting like a linkedin job posting it's like want so to come to my
1: game. orange ones the other day when we went to the game
0: <laughs> want to come to a mets game with jake requirements for your bachelor <laughs> degree must wear white nike shoes must have a pricey purse anyways thanks to janine from queens thanks to seth from jericho and thanks to austin as well for calling leaving your voicemails give us a call thursdays we'll keep doing this 845-391-3660 amazing but true pod at gmail Doc, and make sure you get the right amount of T's. I texted
1: oh my God. Figgy
0: the email, and uh, he thought it might have been a website for something else. With as an extra I'm, putting, as
1: I'm, I'm going to type it in my phone, I'm like, I think there's one too many T's in this. Yeah, it's I put,
0: a, I put, put three, an and button. there were only twos. So there we go. But thank you for calling and leaving emails. That'll say adios to episode 61, the Sean Reed Foley edition. Shout out to Sean Reed Foley and his crouching tiger head and dragon of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post.
1: Thanks to you, Jake, and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Please subscribe to Amazing But True and give us a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts
0: gracias mis amigos for Nelson Figueroa I'm Jake Brown we'll be back on Monday after the Mets four game series with the Nationals down in DC enjoy the games and let's go Mets